chairs in heaven. Everybody got to stand up if your legs hurt. I don't know. Um, so I was joking about that. What if, what if you have to sing a song about sitting or about standing and you have to sit the whole time? <laughs> That's kind of funny, right? I, you know what? <clears throat> so someone smarter than me uh, pointed this out. Right there above, uh, on the back side of your, your bulletin thing, it says, Community Love 420, Mother Daughter Banquet 419. So someone was uh, thinking ahead on that. Um, the Community Love, we're looking for like kind of spring cleanup things to happen. Uh, so if you know of something that you think, man, this would be really cool, part of, part of our vision for Community Love is that it becomes our vision for Community Love. And I think that's already happened. I get excited when people come to me and say, um, you know, man, I got this great idea. We should do this. That's a great idea. And if you have those great ideas, come talk to us. The 20th, we're going to do something for the community. And whether it's a bunch of small groups going out and doing little things, or if it's all of us going out in mass and doing something big and crazy again, we're going to go do something on the 20th. So uh, bring your ideas to one of the leadership team or to myself or Matt, um, and uh, we will absolutely honor that, uh, what God has shown you. Another thing I want to point out to you is on your, on your bulletin, it says notes. Uh, I want to let you know what this space is for. Um, this space is for you to engage God this hour. And uh, I'm not going to preach for an hour. Don't freak out. But it's for you to have a conversation. And uh, I know sometimes it's fun to put little fill-in-the-blanks, little things. I'm much more interested in what God is saying to you. Uh, if you doodle, I'd encourage you to doodle in that space. I think better when I doodle. Um, if you want to scribble notes all over it, uh, if you want to have a little side conversation with the person next to you, but use that space as a conversation between you and God today, a, a, a way to capture that, those thoughts that are in your heart, a way to hear what, what God is saying to you today. We're going to kick off a, a new series. We just finished the Walking with Jesus series, and I was so glad. Oh, children can go. Look at their, they're being so patient with me. Um, yeah, they want to leave for this one. No, we're going we're gonna to do a, a, start a new series. Um, it's going to be a three-week series, and the series is called Money Matters. And uh, I'm going to wait this guy's roll out of here. But the series is called Money Matters, and we're going to talk about this in three weeks. And I don't want anybody to freak out because um, if, if you're uncomfortable talking about money, that's, that goes for most of us. If you've ever had to have those conversations with people about what you make and you kind of feel like you're hedging your bets all the time, you know, uh, if you ever try to talk about somebody about where your bills are at or whether you're behind or on time, on your credit cards um, or whatever. Uh, those are hard conversations to have. I'm reminded of Mr. Rogers as we start today again, where he says, uh, you have things you want to talk about. I do too. I think God says that to us sometimes. You know, we want to talk about these certain things all the time, but there's some things we say, God, I, I don't want to talk to you about that. I don't want to hear what you have to say about that. And, and we li live siloed lives right? We're a farming community in some ways. You know what a silos are. You keep, you keep one thing in this silo and one thing in that silo, and never should they touch each other. Never should they interfere with each other. And a lot of times we deal with our lives that way, but the, the word on the street is that the God we're following is a holistic God. He's the God that cares about everything. He's the God that cares more about you than you may care for yourself. He's the God who loves you more than you may be able to believe you're worthy of love. And for that reason, he wants holistic and we have holistic instruction. We have holistic inspiration about how we should live our lives. And so this is something that God talks about. Jesus, when he came, talked a lot about money. 
But I want to tell you, give you an overview of the three weeks so you have some idea what we're, why we're doing this. You know why? Because there's no time like the present. Uh, I've been in a lot of churches where the money's never talked about. Let, let's don't talk about money. Let's talk about God. Whew. Read your Bible. Let's try to find that distinction. I want to be clear. We're not talking about money for our sake. God will, God's going to bring those here to be part of this ministry that he wants to serve. I'm convinced of that. And he has his hand upon us, and he's going to move in mighty ways. What we're going to talk about today is wisdom from the word. And it's going to be maybe a different approach than, than you're used to, and it's going to be a different approach than I'm used to for sure. And then this, the weekend, we're talking about the wisdom of the word. It's called Wise Guys this week. Next week, we're going to talk about considering a tithe and what, it, what that even means. And it may not mean what you think it means at all. And the third week is going to be like, so what? Why, why are we even talking about money anyway, right? And we're going to get to all that stuff. But um, let's go together today uh, in prayer. Father God, we give you this time. We, we open our hearts and our minds to you. We, we come to you in this soft silence, in this beautiful spring, in this time where you're refreshing all things, making all things new. Uh, we pray, Lord, today that we would have a supple spirit that we could be made new today. Uh, we admit, Lord, that we've failed you. We admit that we've, uh, we've broken your laws, broken your commands. We fall short of your glory. We can't be right in your presence, but we, we reach for Jesus, and we long for that intercession on our behalf. We pray, Lord, today that uh, your Holy Spirit would dwell richly in us. We sing a song that our soul be filled up. May it be filled with not our spirit, but yours. May this place be filled with your spirit, and we bathe in it. And might you be glorified, and might we be transformed to your glory. Do your will. Have us this hour. Amen. So, um, so we're going to look at the book of Proverbs today, okay? But before we get started, we, we put together a little, uh, a little video to kind of introduce you to the topic for today. Is there any end to, to what you're seeing there? I mean, are we, are we looking at any change in the demand supply picture when it comes to oil? For hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Most of us go through life holding on so tightly to that which we really don't have. So that was a little short intro. Matt, Matt called it a bumper. I don't know what that even means, a bumper. So I'm going to put on my financial advisor jacket. <laughs> Did you see none of those people that were on the TV there? They, none of those people were wearing their shirts untucked or jeans. You apparently have to look a certain way when you talk about money. So let's get serious. You guys ready? You're going to want to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the chair at the end of your row or should be. We'll get you one if you don't have one. If you hold your Bible open, it might almost fall to the middle there. It's, you'll find the Proverbs or the Psalms. Either way, you're in good shape. Um, and uh, I want to just open by uh, reading the first uh, seven verses here. Because the question becomes this. Why, read, why talk about Proverbs? Why talk about, and I got uh, here's a little uh, disclaimer for me. Proverbs, you know I say that's my favorite scripture. Proverbs, not my favorite book, okay? Not my favorite thing, because it just seems so quippy. It seems so, you see Proverbs like pasted to the people's, you know, vanities, or, or you see them, you know, it's like a fortune cookie sometimes, isn't it? It's like this weird little disconnected statement from everything else, and then you got to go deal with that. It's like a thorn in your side, maybe. Maybe that's what my problem is, it's a thorn in my side. Let's read the opening. I was amazed as I prepared to read the opening of Proverbs. Here's what it said, Proverbs 1.1. 1, 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, 
doing what is right and just and fair. Hear that again. For acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and what is just and what is fair. For giving prudence to the simple. He means simple-minded, which is beautiful, right? Uh, And knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now you see what I did there, man. That's kind of I'm gonna take I'm gonna take this off. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. I wonder what my problem is with proverbs. I'm a little I'm a little nervous about that statement. I want to talk to you today about what, who wrote this book and, and why we would care who, who wrote it. King Solomon wrote this book. He's the wisest man to ever live. And, and you, when we watch, if you want to get people's attention, talk about money, right? We're doing Financial Peace University, and people just came out, and they, oh, this is so good. We're so excited. Week two, I'm so excited. It's so good. But if you want to get people's attention, talk about money. I watched the other night on C-SPAN. <laughs> I watched the other night on C-SPAN, the Congress talked to the, um, the chair of the Federal, Board, uh, Federal Reserve Board. I watched it for like 45 minutes. Chris goes, what are you doing? I was enthralled. Talk about millions and millions of our dollars and what they're doing with it. Wow. I was just caught up in it. Maybe you, maybe you catch those things at 3 in the morning. Maybe you're not a 3 in the morning person. And if you're not, God bless you. But if you're ever up and you can't sleep for whatever reason, you're flipping around, there's that guy screaming, I can make you a million dollars just like me, you know? And you go, and, and you know people are watching and dialing in at 3 in the morning. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it, you know? We're always intrigued. King Solomon, the wisest man in history, talks about two things we never talk about in church. Talks about money, talks about sex. Talks about, about reality, too. He, re, he wrote Ecclesiastes. And so we want to look and see what, by the way, we want to look and see what he has to say. But if you want to know more about King Solomon and where he comes from, on your connection card, you'll see there it says, read 2 Samuel 11 through 12, 24. I would check that box. That is an amazing story. I would check that out if you want to know who wrote this proverb we're talking about today. All these proverbs are attributed to King Solomon. This is what it says. King Solomon. Here's what we're going to do. How, how to run a business. How to be successful. Hmm. How to become wealthy. Let's listen to what Solomon has to say about wealth. Go ahead and bring those slides up. We're going to have a lot of slides today, and we're going to roll through these. We're going to say, Solomon starts off saying, first things first. First things first. Go ahead and hit that next one. Yeah, that says honor God. Go ahead and hit that next one. First thing first. Solomon says, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Go ahead. Then your Barns? Yes, barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. See, here's Solomon's approach. Right away in Proverbs, he says, the first thing you got to do is honor God. Well, you go, I don't even believe in God, and that, that, that's, that's understandable as well. You go there, you wouldn't understand what this means at all. But for, mo- for mo- those of us who are here who do, this says something to us. First things first. Go ahead, continue through. We're going to have to roll through these, Sam. So you're going to have to seek wisdom. This is the second thing he says. Go ahead and roll through there. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. You see, Solomon wrote this book on purpose. Though it costs everything you have, get understanding. Continue on. This is where you have to turn your Bibles now. So Solomon, go ahead. And let's, oh, let's see. What is this? Where are we at? Yeah, I know. 
I can't really see that. All right. <laughs> Can you, do, we, do we miss something or no? Is that what's next? Okay, fair enough. Here's what I want you to do. Two paths lie ahead. Do you see that slide, Sam? I may have things out of order for you. There you go. This is what we want to turn to. Solomon says there, at the end of this introduction, this first four chapters, he says there's two paths that lie ahead for you. And turn, if you will, it's Proverbs 8, 17 through 21. This is what it says. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. By the way, who's speaking here? Look at verse 12. I, wisdom. Okay, so wisdom is speaking. Solomon's writing. I love those who love me in verse 17 and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the path and the way of righteousness. Righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasures full. This is what Solomon says. This is path one, wisdom. You can choose to go the wise path. Go ahead. Next one. 9.13. Turn ahead. So here he sets up this whole opening. If you, want to, if, if you hate the quippiness of Proverbs, read the first eight chapters because they're beautiful. The rest of it is beautiful too. God's changing me. But, but read those first eight chapters because they're amazing because he's talking about these things that really, really matter. Really, really matter. It's how you live your life. How you live your life and what matters. Look at this though. 9, 13. He says, as opposed to the woman of wisdom, and he means that like kind of, not really a woman named wisdom. The woman folly. 13. The woman folly is loud. She's undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point in the city. And she calls out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here, she screams, to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is so sweet, she says. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that they are dead there, that the dead are there, and that they are guests in the depths of Sheol. There's this idea that Solomon has that if you follow the path of wisdom, it's going to be a flat, straight path. It's going to make sense. It's going to be solid ground, right? But there's this thing called folly, foolishness, lack of wisdom, who is calling out to you saying, don't worry about it. There's an easier way. Come over here. Don't, don't be disciplined. And, and people go, oh, yeah, that, that's the same house. It looks just like the wisdom house. And they go in there, and he says it's the place of death. It's the place where dead are living. I want you to miss that. He sets it up. Go ahead and move on. Let's go through the slide. So you have these two paths. So here I titled this called Pro, uh, uh, Solomon's Idea of How to Become Wealthy. And, and, and I want to just, that's all we're talking about today, is what Solomon says. If you want to become wealthy, if you want to become wealthy, do these things that Solomon says, and he says the Lord will make you wealthy. Turn to Proverbs 4.20, 27. The first thing Solomon says, if you want to be wealthy in the ways of wisdom, Verse four, chapter 4, verse 20, he says, have a plan. Have a plan if you're going to be wealthy. Verse 20, read with me. My son, pay attention to what I have to say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to the man's whole body. Above everything else, guard your heart because it's the wellspring of your life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. 
Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left and keep your foot from evil. Do you see what Solomon's saying? He's saying if you want to live a prosperous life, if you want to live a wealthy life, you have to have a plan. You have to fix your eyes on the horizon. I was one time, someone was teaching me how to plow. You ever plow with a manual plow? I had never plowed with a manual plow before. And that first, what do you call that, that furrow that you cut? That thing was crooked. I didn't have, I mean, I was, I was pushing. It was one of those pushing furrows, whatever you call that thing. You ever seen one of those? And this, I tried to, I was just, and I was just looking down, and I'm doing this, and I'm running all over the place. And this farmer who was discipling me says, come here, come here, come here. And we were making a little garden, so I don't want you to think I'm plowing the back 40 or nothing. <laughs> and he goes, you see that tree over there? And I looked, said, yeah. And he goes, look at the tree. Look at the tree and go straight ahead. Don't look at the plow. Look at the tree. So I looked at the tree and I started to walk in and I was still, <clears throat> and I looked back and you know that second one? It was a little, it was less crooked. It wasn't straight, I'm not going to lie to you, but it was a little less crooked. You have to have a vision. You have to have a plan. You have to see something on the horizon and fix your eyes, Solomon says. Listen, my son, fix your eyes. Make level paths for your feet. Take only ways that are firm. If the bridge won't hold you, don't take the chance. Have a plan. That's what he says. Go ahead. We're going to roll through some screen stuff here. There were so many verses that we're going to look at today. I couldn't, I'm not going to be flipping because it's crazy. If you want to look at them all again, read the book of Proverbs. Um, a slugger does not plow in season. So at harvest time, he looks but finds nothing. You see that? Keep going. The plants of delight, the, the plans of the dil diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. You see, let's read that. Wait, back up a minute. I'm so sorry, Sam. You're doing great. The diligent lead the profit, but haste. Yeah, get rich quick stuff. Keep going. Let's have some truth. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Keep going. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. That's one of the biggest problems we have. We can't stay on a path long enough to make anything happen. We are just every which way the wind blows is the way we're running. If you lack self-control, you're like a, a, a city with no walls. There's no protection for you. Keep going. As a dog, oh, let's skip that one. I don't want to read that one. <laughs> Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. Here you go, right? Flocks and herds, you got to think about this. Dollars and cents, these guys, flocks and herds. Push that button, let's see what it says. Because riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. You have to be diligent over time. I think we're at the end of those. Oh, a faithful man will be richly blessed, but one who is eager to get rich will, go, will not go unpunished. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. You get that one? Have a plan. Number two. I kid you not. Everybody's going to be like, what are you talking about this morning? This is crazy. Work. Work. Go to work. Let's see what it has to say. Go to work. Do something. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring forth wealth. All hard work begins, brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Hmm. Do not love sleep, or you'll grow poor. Stay awake and you'll have food to spare. By the way, this one was kind of funny. Chris and I were talking about it, and I said, I said, you, you think this is funny. Do not love sleep, or you'll grow poor. She's an early riser. I'm a night owl. 
And, uh, and then I felt like convicted. I'm like, oh, it says don't love sleep, and I'm sleeping in the morning. And then it says stay awake, <laughs> but it might mean get up. So if you're early riser, go ahead, let's go on. <laughs> you guys are so, you're so graceful with me. Like, like what are you even talking about? <laughs> An inheritance quickly gained at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Look at that. If you, if you want to come into big money in a hurry, what does Solomon say? It will not be blessed at the end. You have got to be diligent if you want to be wealthy in life. Let's look into what we got. He who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. I don't like that one. I'm a bit of a dreamer. Are you a dreamer? I kind of felt that one cut pretty hard. I love to think big thoughts. Work your land. Good. All right. And you're probably thinking to yourself, how in the world did you put these... What did you do? You know what I did? I read through the book of Proverbs. I started to categorize things the way I seen them breaking out. And then the ones that had really long, really lots of verses in Proverbs about it, those ones I put in this little slideshow we're doing this morning. And the ones that had one or two, I didn't put them in. They're still wisdom. That's how we got these. These are things that are important. Solomon doesn't say this once. He says it over and over and over again. Go to work. So you say, well, I work hard. I work hard. Let's look at the next one. Be fair in your business. Man, he hits this one. These almost build. They almost build up. They, they get longer as we were, I was going through these. There's more text, more text saying some of these things. And we're going to get to the stuff that Solomon just thought. If you want God's blessing, you have got to do these things. Be fair in business. The Lord abhors dishonest scales, but accurate weights are his delight. If you are fair in your business practice, he is thrilled the way you are. Dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. You see that? Again, wanting it all now. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. A man's greed is his shame. It's better to be poor than be called a liar. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet to man. There's that, there's that fool, right? There's that thing. But he ends up with a mouthful of gravel. The Lord detests differing weights, and dishonest scales do not please him. It's almost like Solomon said, I said it once, but if you didn't catch it, I'll say it again. He really doesn't like dishonest scales. Go ahead. All a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. Now, this one's going to, we know this one, right? You've heard this one before. Everything, this is our problem as humans. We can justify, we can mentally tell ourselves we're right, we can pat ourselves on the back, but God knows our heart. And that's our trouble. Because this morning, you do not stand before your brothers and sisters alone. You are standing before the living God, the God who's not made of wood, who's not made of stone. And he's the one that weighs the heart. And that is where we come before God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Hmm. A fortune made by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a deadly snare. You see that? It goes away and it's a trap. It's a trap. Don't fall into it. Work. Be fair in your practices. Now here's one. This is a personal thing. See, I'm going to say this is my favorite now. Because one time I was doing this weird thing where I put my Bible up and just put my finger down. This is before I was a believer. Before I was a believer. And I put my finger down in the Bible and I read this. And I want you to read this with me. What Solomon says, consider the ant. Oh, the second part. Well, let's read it. It's funny. Oh, no, go back, go back, go back. It says, <laughs> go back before we see him. Good. Consider the ant. 
don't be stupid, be disciplined. You're going to, now why did you put stupid in the slideshow? Watch, watch this. Go ahead. Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. Have you ever stood around and watched an ant? Yeah, I mean, if you haven't, God bless you. I actually, we had ants coming up because the water table is apparently high. And I was in my bathroom watching because I was just reading this. And it says, consider the ant. I'm looking at this little guy. I don't know. Consider his ways and be wise. Go ahead, push it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Because he has no commander, he has no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores up provisions in summer and it gathers food at the harvest. You see, they're busy. They got a plan. It's built into them. Keep going. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all that he has. Save something for later. You know, are you the kind of person that has to have your M&Ms before, you know, dessert before dinner kind of a person? I'm not going to say, but, you know, you have to learn to postpone some gratification in life. You have to be disciplined now so you can be blessed later. And if you don't believe that's true, you're not really looking at the wisdom the text has for us. In the house of the wise are stores of choice oil and food. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction... It says that in your Bible. <laughs> the one in your hand. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Who likes to be corrected? I have a hard time with that. Stupid. Okay. I love Solomon. He's so straight. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Keep going, Sam. We're going to roll through these. That's it. Good, good, good. Consider the ant. Don't be stupid. Be disciplined. Now, we're coming to the part where this is the biggest, this is the most, this is the thing that, 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 that broke into two lines. It was ridiculously long. And we're going to roll through these. Solomon says, if you want to be wealthy, help the needy. Freedom with money brings you prosperity. Now, this, I think, is the hardest thing to get our heads around. As a follower of Jesus, you compartmentalize that part of your life, and you say, I have to watch. I have to be diligent. I have to be good stewards. You know what I think sometimes? Good stewardship, and that's a church word. I apologize. It means, you know, uh, doing what's right with what God has given you. You know what that looks like to most of us? I'm being a good steward, you know? We had this conversation a lot about when we do things with, um, with youth and our van. And, 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 and uh, Chris and I would have this conversation where Chris would say, you know, we have to be good stewards, which meant don't put fingerprints on the windows and don't ding the doors in the parking lots. Good stewardship is about use. It's about taking care of it. And she's right. Whether we get stewards, take care of our stuff. Freedom with your money brings you prosperity. Help the needy. You see what I'm saying here? Help the needy. Listen to what he says. The poor are shunned even by the neighbors, but the rich have many friends. Keep going. He has a heart for them. He who despises his neighbor sins, but, he is ble but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt. What? For their maker. But whoever is kind to the needy honors God. I want you to read that for a minute. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. But if you are kind to the needy, you are honoring God. He who mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. And these are tough, tough things to deal with. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. That's Yahweh. It's still big L, big O, big R, big D. That's in the text that way. I didn't make that big because that's just the font we use here. It means the, the Lord, God, Yahweh. He who is kind to the poor lends to Yahweh, and he will be rewarded. He will reward him for what he has done. Keep going. 
If a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. A generous man will himself be blessed because he shares his food with the poor. Keep going. Let's go faster here. He who oppresses the poor to increase his wealth and he who gives gifts to the rich both come to poverty. Oppressing the poor again. He who gives the poor will lack nothing, but he who closes his eyes to them receives many curses. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Keep going. One man gives freely. Huh, wait. And yet he gains even more. And another withholds unduly and ends up in poverty. I want to say something right quick, though. I think the problem we have as Christians following Jesus, Jesus said these same kind of things to us about being the rich and the poor. Jesus had the same kind of heart that Solomon had about the poor. But you know what I think what the disconnect for us is? We look out in the world and we look around and we see people who are not following God, who are not honoring God, who don't care about the poor, and they're stinking rich. And that just doesn't sit right. Well, Solomon's wrong, right? That can't be true. I've seen this guy down the street. He's got like six boats or whatever. I'm not picking on boats. He doesn't care about the poor. He's not in poverty, Bill. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Keep going. He who increases his wealth by exorbitant interest, <laughs> amasses it for another. This one's kind of tricky. Who will be kind to the poor? This is probably why I don't write Proverbs 2, because I have to read them like five times to get it. He who increases his wealth by exorbitant interest, amasses it for another. It means he's storing it up for someone else to have it, because he's going to have to give it to who those will be kind to the poor. Again, something we don't see often, but a, a, stingy man, a stingy man is eager to get rich and is unaware that poverty awaits him. Whew. Good. You know how many of those? That, that's probably the most talked about thing in, in uh, Solomon's book of Proverbs, giving to the poor. You know, you go, well, I had some conversations this week with somebody I said, well, that's Old Testament stuff, right? We're under the New Testament, right? Yeah, we are. But guess what? Jesus said the same thing. Jesus talked more about money and about poverty and about the needs before our very eyes than almost anything else. I read somewhere the other day, he talked more about money than heaven or hell. Somebody else in the church told me he talked more about money than he talked about love. You see, we live disconnected lives. We don't see how this connects to that. How does it matter? I just go to church on Sunday. I don't want, I don't want God in my finances. And let me tell you something. We're not trying to tell you what to do with your money. We want you to have a conversation with God not about us, not about Family Bible Church, because God will have his way with us, uh, this church. He will do his will here. Solomon says this, help the needy and freedom with wealth brings you prosperity. And then here we go, last two things. Keep some perspective in your life. Don't get so hung up on wealth because it is a fleeting thing. Go ahead and press on here. Better a little, better a little with fear of the Lord than great wealth and turmoil. <laughs> Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fatted calf with hate. <laughs> Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. Better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Better, to dry <laughs> Better a dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. Oh, I, you know, I think we live there, don't we? 
Can you say that prayer today? God, I'd rather have a, a dry piece of bread and peace and quiet in my life. And that means like a soul quiet than to have everything I'm asking you for every day and complete strife in my house. So we have hearts like that. Rich and poor, he says, have this in common. The Lord has made them all. Keep going. Do not boast about tomorrow because you do not know what a day may bring forth. Amen. Better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. To be rich. A rich man may be wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has discernment sees right through them. See, wait a minute. There's hope for us right there, you know. You can see through discernment what's going on, where the wisdom lies. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord has given sight to the eyes of both. Fear of man will prove to be a trap for you. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Keep some perspective. We're doing a Financial Peace University, and I just want to do this. I kid you not, because right out of the gate, I want to say, let's talk about money. It's okay. And you know what someone said to me? It's going to open a can of worms. And I said, okay, let's talk about it. I think it matters. And I don't think that matters because I'm a pastor, because those of you know me, I was installed last week here. I, I, I was right where you are. And I can tell you that some of the most fundamental lessons God taught me in my walk of faith is about money and the way I look at money and my relationship with money. I'm not saying this morning that money is bad, and I'm not saying that money is good. As Dave Ramsey told all of us last Sunday night, money is just money, but it begins to pervert who you are for good or bad. And I say pervert, it means it begins to make it more. You begin to see who someone is when they have money, what they really look like. I want to read this last part. We're going to close with this. Go ahead and pull up the next one. A king's right. Now, you see, Solomon wrote a lot about a king's right, what a king has a right to. And I thought, well, this is kind of self-serving. By the way, the book of Proverbs, he wrote some of it, but then later on actually records, these people recorded this after a later king in, in Solomon's name. These were things that he said. And you know what they did? Some, <laughs> it's kind of funny. They wrote stuff down twice. They wrote the same verse over again. I just think they didn't even know. They were just right. He said this. Let's put it down again. And there it was in the text. Solomon was a king. And he talked about king's rights. I want to listen deeply to these words. Go ahead. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. A king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like the dew on the grass. Do you have ears to hear this morning? King's wrath is like the roar of a lion again. He who angers him will forfeit his life. All a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. Evil men don't understand justice. But those who seek the Lord, again, Yahweh, understand it completely. You see, God has demands for justice. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. I want you to turn your Bibles. I hope you still have them open. Chapter 20. If you have some spare time, I'm going to scratch that. I would encourage you to make some time to read the Proverbs. 
Make some time to read through them. Chapter 20, verse 8. See, Solomon thought that kings had rights. Solomon thought that kings mattered. Solomon thought that when a king spoke, people listened. Solomon thought that when a king gets angry, you're in trouble. Why did he think this? Probably because he saw it in his court. He knew it. People came in to see him. They knew they were before the king. king has rights. Verse 8 of chapter 20. When a king sits on his throne to judge, he winnows out all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure, and I am clean and without sin? Differing weights and differing measures, the Lord detests them both. There it is again, you see. It's about justice. Even a child is known by what he does, by whether his conduct is pure and right. Ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. I hope this morning you have ears to hear and eyes to see. As Christians, we say we are before the King Jesus. We say Jesus is our King. You are my King. We sing songs like that. Solomon says that King has rights. That King is not to be trifled with. Who can say I've kept my heart pure or I'm clean and without sin? God demands justice. If you want to live a, live a wealthy life, you have got to submit to his to his son. You need Jesus. Why waste time on this? You know, why do this? Turn back in your Bibles. Chapter 2. Verse 1 through 6. My son, if you accept my words and you store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as though you're looking for silver and you search for it as if you're looking for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. Because Yahweh gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding and that's my prayer for you this morning if you don't know if you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior you need to come and seek him out more you know isn't it funny we talk about my brother-in-law and I talk about this you know he says isn't it funny how I trust God with my eternal salvation but I don't believe he has anything to say about the rest of my life you know what that is? That's an apathetic God that doesn't care. I can assure you that the living God, the resurrected Christ, cares deeply about every, every part of you. I want to say this morning that if you're here and you, ha- you feel like, man, I've got to get this stuff right. I've not been honoring God. I've been seeking after the wrong things. I've been doing the wrong things. I've been oppressing the poor. I've been making money in the wrong way. I don't know what that looks like. But I know that God cares about it. And I would invite you to respond to the living God today. Respond to him. We would love to have you come up. I would love, I'm going to say, I would love to have you come up and pray with me. Just come up and pray. But if you're not comfortable with that, I, don't, I want you to respond to God who is speaking to you this morning, not to Bill Dempsey. Because I can tell you this, I have no salvation for you. But God does.
have salvation for you. Turn your ear to wisdom. Last thing I want to read here, we're going to pray. Some of the most beautiful things are hidden. Some of the most amazing things. Listen to this. This is a prayer. Two things I ask of you, O Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. One, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty or riches, but give me only what I need each day. Otherwise, I might have too much and disown you and find myself saying, who is the Lord anyway? Or I might become poor and steal and so begin to dishonor the name of the God I am following. Let's pray together. Father God, we come today and uh, just open hearts and we want to say that if there's something that we've uh, been unjust in, if there's something we've been uh, hard-hearted in, if there's something that we've been uh, sinning in, Lord, that you would uh, just speak into that right now. We, we don't want to have a conversation uh, with each other. Uh, iron sharpens iron, the Proverbs say. But, but, Lord, you know the ways of our heart. And we want to pray our dangerous prayer day. We want to say, Lord, if there is a wicked way in me, I want it out of the way so I might know you, so I might be your follower. Lord, if we are here today and we have a proud heart and we say, I can stand before the living God, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of my life. I'm not afraid of my choices. Pray, Lord, that you would convince us in our spirit that we don't want to stand before a wrathful God. We don't want to stand up on our own two feet and say, I've done it. I'm here. I'm righteous. Because we know we've fallen short. Pray today, Lord, if there are those here who do not know that righteous one, who do not know that there's one who stands ready, saying, I've done it. I've been righteous. I came with love and justice and laid it down. If, if we don't know Jesus, I pray, Lord, today that your spirit would convince us deep in our soul that he's the one. I pray we respond to that word today. And accept that gift so we don't have to stand righteous. We can just stand with Jesus and follow him. And if there are ways that we say, Lord, Lord, but we are not following, I pray you would put us back on the straight path. Keep our eyes on the horizon. And may you always get glory through the one who brought us here. Amen. I'm going to be up here. Um